Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Today on the James Altucher Show. So I'm doing this series based on the techniques in my book, Skip the Line. I've taken on a bunch of people who, using those techniques, I will help make them a millionaire within six to 12 months, or at least on the path where they could see the light at the end of the tunnel. This is the first episode with a new person that I'm helping, Paulo, and he's got some interesting ideas that I've thought about before, and he's actually done it. Basically, he wrote some software to help people get more social media followers, but there's a specific challenge in it, and we discussed that challenge. But then, you know, over this meeting and the next meeting, we look at some even bigger ideas that could make him a million dollars even faster. So... Here he is. You know, why don't you um, explain? We're recording this, so I'm, I'm, you know, recording for posterity, but perhaps for release. Uh, I I love how you combined interests to make something that was monetizable. I want to hear more about your process, and I'm going to ask you questions about it. But then I want to figure out how to really monetize what you're doing and then think about ways of scaling and think about other spokes. You know, I have that spoke and wheel chapter, but maybe tell me a little about yourself first. Yeah. So, um, I'm from Italy. Originally I'm from like a tiny village in the mountains of North, Northern Italy, like literally 600 people. So tiny place, but, uh, so I was, uh, born and raised there. I, I was, I've always been really into kind of school and science. So I did my um, uh, bachelor's and master's in physics in uh, Italy. And then I moved to the UK and I did my PhD at Oxford. In physics? Yeah, yeah, quantum physics. Wow. So, I mean, Oxford's like the best school in the world, pretty much. Like, how did you, how did you, how do you think you got into Oxford? You know, that's uh, um, an interesting story. Actually, when I was uh, finishing my master's, I, was, I really knew I wanted to do a PhD. And so I tried to apply to a bunch of different schools. But uh, when I was talking with uh, some of my professors in, back in Italy, you know, they were not really recommending a lot that I go to uh, and try to apply to many places. They would just say, oh, apply to one or two and that's it. But uh, it didn't like sound very like the optimal solution to me. So what I did actually, and this was uh, thanks to the advice of a one of my relatives, who who's a at some point he was a professor in a university in the U.S. He told me, you know, apply to as many as you possibly can, and that's actually what I did. I just applied to a whole bunch of different schools, 
And one of the ones that I got accepted was Oxford. And, you know, it was a pretty good school to, to go to. So I said, yeah, that sounds like uh, the right thing to do. And, and, but again, it's hard to get into though. Like what, what do you think set you apart that you got into Oxford? Oh, well, um, I, I'd say I was, uh, pretty good at the uh, university. Like my master's, I did, uh, very well. So what, I, what was your master's I, on? So, um, it was a theoretical physics. So I've, I've always studied physics. My bachelor's was in physics. My master's was theoretical physics. And then the PhD was, uh, yeah, mainly, well, technically my PhD was in atomic and laser physics. And, but yeah, so it was always a combination of uh, theoretical and kind of computational physics. I think, yeah, in general, the, the uh, idea is that there are so many uh, problems in physics that are so hard to solve. And, uh, you know, it's impossible to solve them analytically. Like you cannot just write an equation and solve it, right? The right, equations, you have to see it in practice. Yes. So one of the, there are kind of two ways. One is build the experiment. And, but at some, sometimes you can do it, sometimes you cannot. It could be too expensive. The problem you're trying to solve could be, uh, you know, out, outside of the capability of current experiments. So what you can do is kind of simulation. Simulation, so you're trying to simulate the system with a computer. And some things you can do, some things you can't, but uh, it's uh, like oh, a kind of big field where kind of I did most of my, my work and where I actually started doing a lot of like coding and thinking of doing everything through coding, basically. So when I think of quantum physics, I think of, obviously it's the physics of things that are so small, they can't really be studied in a practical way. Like they're like particles that appear and disappear. Uh, you know, according to the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, you can't really even determine their location and their rotation both at the same time because it's it's almost random. How did you get practical studies in in the area of quantum physics? Yeah, you know, I think that although quantum physics is so like detached from our common experience, it's still very, very based in practice. All these statements that are made in quantum physics, everything is testable. Unless you go to like strange realms that of, you know, I don't know, string theory and stuff like that, then that becomes a bit harder to, to test. But most of, uh, uh, you know, uh, quantum physics, there's everything is proved. There's experiments for every single uh, statement and prediction that is made. So it's not really that uh, uh, far removed from reality. So let's say I want to prove that a particle, a, a, a theorized particle like the graviton exists. Do we know that gravity could be particleized the way, you know, light is a, both a wave and a photon and, you know, other forces are both waves and particles like how would i prove that the graviton exists yeah you know that's uh outside of my expertise i think uh, that you know especially like linking gravity and uh, like quantum mechanics seems to be one of the big problems currently right so it's uh it's not that easy but uh, let's suppose if we were to talk about something like much simpler uh, let's say measure the you know we can pretend to go back in time and uh, and come up with a problem that is uh, easier to implement now, right? That if we go back a hundred years, they wouldn't know how to do, but now it's it's commonly known. Let's say you want to look at the position of uh, an atom. You know, you can make an experiment that uh, simply uh, tells you the uh, position of the atom. Like, uh, for example, um, you know, the Eisenberg uncertainty principle. Yeah, that's true. It's, uh, you know, if you know the speed, then you don't know the position. But 
I think a lot of the, the time, some of these quantum mechanics concepts are described in a way that also almost sensational, whereas uh, it's, uh, you know, you can still measure the position of a particle. There's, there's going to be constraints on knowing uh, uh, its speed, but you can still know um, many other things. You know, it's fascinating that you, that you say that, by the way, because I think that happens in every area of science, because that's how you get funding. So yeah. you call oh. something the uncertainty principle and it's or chaos theory, and it sounds like, oh my God, chaos theory. I got to know more about that. That's why that book Chaos yes. by James Blake oh. was a huge bestseller. And, and I always think about uh, something chaotic, like as an example, you know, oh, uh, chaos, who knows what it is? Like there's some definition in, in physics, like in um, Lagrangian mechanics, that is uh, a system is chaotic if uh, when you change its starting position, let's say you're trying to see um, like how a, a ball is moving when you throw it. Okay, that's not chaotic, but if it were chaotic, it means that if instead of throwing it from this position, I throw it from this tiny different position, then you cannot predict what's going to happen because uh, the evolution, it's so dependent on the initial position in such a random way that if you change it a little bit, you won't know what's going to happen. Right. And so putting the name chaos to that as a poor, as opposed to we've got to find, you know, there's, we've, you know, a form of statistics, like there's no statistical probability curve that could match some, a particular system. Putting in statistical terms would not be interesting. Calling it chaos theory is interesting. Just like in computer science, artificial intelligence is just a, a small sub-branch of statistics, really. It's all statistics. Neural networks and pattern matching is all statistically done. But, oh, let's call it artificial intelligence, and eventually computers are going to be smarter than us, just like in the movies. <laughs> then it gets a lot of funding from the Department of Defense. Or biology let's call it like cloning instead of editing DNA and RNA. And, you know, we're using this, this one gene that casts whatever gene. Now we're calling it cloning. It's more fascinating. It's more likely to get uh, the popular interest. And, but the reason I ask all this is because it's very interesting. Everyone always says ideas are a dime a dozen. Execution is everything. And I like how, I wouldn't say you're disdainful, but it seems like you're down on String theory, which is a fascinating theory, but there's a zero way to test any of it. It's just a fascinating mathematical th possibility, but there's no way to prove it. And you like practical stuff, even in these esoteric sciences. And the same thing works for entrepreneurship. As you know, you can have, first, you need to be really good at getting ideas, which it sounds like you're, you're good at, but then you need to figure out also good ways to execute, not just execute, but good ways to execute. Like there's a spectrum of execution from bad to good because you have execution ideas are a subset of ideas. And it sounds like with physics, because there's time involved and money involved, particularly when measuring like the position of an atom, you have to be very careful how you design your experiments. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I tend to be in everything very practical, right? It's, it's great to philosophize about oh, this theory and that other theory, but you know, then if you cannot test it, if you cannot get something out of it, it's just thinking. And you know, it's great. Thinking is great, right? You know, nothing wrong with it. But uh, you know, uh, I feel when you have a goal that you want to achieve, and uh, it needs to be achieved in practice. You know, I think there's this great quote: uh, "You cannot uh, plow a field in your head." Yeah, right. You need to go and, to the field and do it. And 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 I have a, a less impressive quote, which I always tell people: you can't think your way to success. Like you, you can't think your way to finding your passion. Like you can say, "Oh, I would like to, you know, be a race car driver, for instance." 
But until I actually do it, I won't really know if I truly like it. Oh, I would like to be an astrophysicist. That's great. Take a class in physics, then see, tell me if you like it or not. And, yeah. and so on. So you can't think your way to success. Only action is what really, in, action gets you data in your life. That's why I, I, that's why I call it the 10,000 experiment rule. You can't read from a book, how to be a great golf player. You have to do experiments. You have to get on the golf course and try things like try a stroke, try this club, try to putt, do experiments. This is a simple example because there's these experiments have been done for uh, several hundred years, but whenever you're learning a new field, you learn it fastest by doing experiments, which it sounds like that's a part of physics. So you're a natural person for this. Okay. So you, you obviously have an interest in physics. What did you do after you got your PhD? Why didn't you be a professor? Well, I was, uh, I got a little bit tired of academia and, uh, I thought, you know, kind of, like you said, uh, need to find ways to get funding. There's a lot of, uh, you know, um, let's just say it wasn't something that I wanted to keep doing. But I would think after investing so much time and mental energy into studying physics, it would be hard to just give up on it and do what you're, you know, do something new. Well, you know, um, not really in the sense that, uh, you know, um, most of the time I spend studying physics, but uh, a lot of the skills are transferable, right? So what I did mostly was theoretical physics, but also computational physics. So um, I become uh, pretty good at, uh, you know, coding, building models, and all of that can be transferred to uh, other fields fairly easily. So instead of, uh, you know, modeling the position of an atom, you can just uh, model the position of uh, um, something else in a completely different field. So for me, I didn't have, you know, of course I liked physics. I really liked the kind of concept of, uh, uh, you know, uh, making predictions and predictions that are testable, right? Yeah, so, so let, let's that, say if you, and sorry to interrupt, but let's say if you were to try to figure out, I'm just going to combine two phrases. Let's say you were to try to figure out the physics of the stock market. What would that mean to you? Oh, well, um, I think that it's also kind of some sort of a big field, uh, like a combination yeah. of uh, physics and that. And also, uh, I happen to be working for a bank now. <laughs> Good, because a lot of banks yeah. uh, hire physicists for this very reason. You got to... Yeah, that's kind of the idea, I think. Uh, you know, and also why it was uh, a good transition for me. It was because uh, a lot of the skills were transferable. In the end, uh, uh, in, um, um, you always want to make a prediction of uh, uh, something. Like it could be the price of a stock. It could be who's going to buy this instrument, who's not going to buy it, right? And in the end, it, it's always a, a prediction. There are, right. There's also a bunch of different, uh, literally, like uh, physics models that are uh, can be mapped one-to-one to... Um, uh, like finance models. Right, because like, let's say you're a cosmologist and you're looking at space through a huge, like the Hubble telescope or whatever. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to um, break down the, the, the picture of what you see through all the light years of space and pattern match it. Is this a normal, is this normal? Or did a second ago, something unusual happen a hundred million light years away that might've been, uh, an interaction with a black hole or a supernova or whatever. You have to be able to identify things with pattern matching. And the same thing in the stock market. It's, it's not quite definable by a normal curve in statistics when you're predicting stock prices, but it's not quite chaotic either. It's a little bit of both. And I imagine you can use physics models to build models of the stock market that most of the time work, sometimes don't. 
I mean, that would be the goal. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of quantitative trading seems to be done. Like at Renaissance Technologies, which is a big hedge fund, there's a lot of phys mm -hmm. a lot of physicists work there. They don't hire any finance people. They only hire PhDs in like math or physics. But um, so then you you got interested in food. Yeah. So the, the transition was a bit uh, strange for this. No. So I'm Italian. So I kind of I meant to like food, and uh, I've always liked food in general and cooking. And then, you know, here's a kind of where a lot of different passions came together. Uh, during the, the last lockdown, you know, I was a bit bored. What am I going to do? And I got a little bit more into cooking than I thought. Uh, I also like photography a lot. So I, I just like taking photos. And I said, OK, let's uh, put those two together. OK, food photography. But I mean, who doesn't have a, an Instagram for food, right? right. And I, I think initially, like, let's call it eight years ago, people who are really good at photography and interested in food were able to combine those two interests and people would buy their photos of food because, or, or they would sponsor their Instagram pages. They got a lot of followers because people love good photographs of good food. But now that's probably like a tired area. Yes, yes, totally. There's so many people that want to do that. And actually what I realized by doing it is that strangely enough, like the quality of the photos don't matter that much. That's interesting. Yes. What does matter? So what I've seen is this. I feel that, for example, the photos that I was taking were pretty good. You know, not a photographer, professional photographer level, but were good. You know, they were not like taking the phone. I put effort into it. You know, the food looked good, but they didn't get any sort of traction. And uh, it kind of felt strange at the beginning. But then I also thought, you know, if the quality of, of the photo mattered, then, you know, you take professional food photographers, like people that actually do it as a job for restaurants, they would have the largest accounts, but they don't, right? What I've realized that really matters is the kind of social part of the social networks, is the interaction with people. Because in the end, what happens? Um, you know, um, different... Uh, people follow a lot of other different people with food accounts, right? And you really want to interact with them. You want to, that uh, when they post a picture, you immediately go to their uh, post and write a comment, right? And like it. And why do you do that? You know, you interact with them with kind of the hope that when you post your own picture, they're gonna do it. They're gonna comment and uh, like yours. So that's kind of the standard reciprocity. Yeah, no, so right? that's, a, that's the first principle in Robert Cialdini's book, Influence. Yeah. And I, I felt that it made a lot of sense and I saw it really had an effect because also, you know, Instagram has their own uh, algorithm on how they promote different pictures. So, and uh, apparently it seems to be very mysterious, but what seems to be working is that, of course, if you get a lot of likes and comments on your post, it's going to get uh, promoted more and the more people are going to see it. The more people and, are going to see it, the more likes you're going to get. And uh, it's uh, your account is going to grow. And particularly, and particularly if it happens fast. So yes. if people comment quickly, then that rises up on, and the same thing with TikTok, that rises up on the Instagram uh, algorithm. So, so then it gives more of a chance for a lot of people to like it. So there's food, photography, Instagram. What happened next? Yeah, so basically, uh, having kind of realized that the interaction and writing comments was such a like an important part, uh, I kind of said, okay, let's try doing it for a little bit, right? So I would spend uh, literally, I, I think I did it for one or two days because then I, I was fed up with it. But, you know, I uh, spent a few, like an hour or two writing comments, 
right? And you see someone posting a picture of a pizza and what are you going to write? Oh, this pizza looks so good. I like pepperoni. Who knows? Like someone posts a picture of an ice cream. Oh, I like ice cream. You know, this ice cream looks so good. But, you know, you, you can easily realize that after a little bit, it becomes very boring, right? But that's how you get people to see your posts, right? Or see your account because you post on their picture, they're going to get the notification. They go see the notification. Notification, they see, you know, let's say my account four times and they say, oh, why is this person commenting on four of my pictures? Let's, I'll check him out. So they go to my, to my page. If they like it, maybe they'll follow it. So maybe they won't, but at least they see it, right? So I did that for a little bit and, you know, that's that's not the thing for me. I'm sure, you know, if someone really enjoys the process, maybe it's the right thing to do. But for me, you know, I would find it very, like, boring. So I kind of thought, is there any way to automate this, right? And then I kind of, uh, that's where kind of my coding passion came in. And I tried to add this to the, you know, photography, food, and, and coding. And so... I went, my, my, my first idea was, okay, can I automate the system 100%, right? I tried to see if there were any sort of products that let's say I could buy that would completely automate this. So basically going through um, Instagram, going through other people's posts, uh, liking it and commenting only when it's related to, to food, okay? But I couldn't really find anything. So there's a bunch of like smaller products or like, um, like Chrome extensions, but they do something uh, it's uh, maybe they would just uh, like pictures mm -hmm. right but if you just like pictures at random it's it's not very effective and second there's a big problem which is uh, instagram doesn't like automation mm -hmm. right because of course i mean rightfully so uh, otherwise you could have uh, you know bots uh, spamming yeah. everything right so what I've, however, you know, it, it's some sort of arms race between people trying to figure out a way to build a bot that would work and Instagram trying to, um, you know, crack down on it. So what I managed to do was to build some sort of uh, kind of bot that I'm actually, I can even use right now. And uh, what it does is that it goes through um, as many uh, pictures of food as I tell them to. Okay, so basically I can give it, let's say, um, 50 hashtags that have to do with food, right? It could be, um, I don't know, pizza, Italian food, um, food in London, right? And it would sort of go through um, as if you were like searching the hashtag on the Instagram app. It would get all the posts and then go through each one, like it, look at the picture, figure out what type of food is there and write a comment that is uh, related to the food. So you would figure out what the picture, is, what food is in the picture by pattern matching, like by some sort of computer yeah, so vision the, techniques? The, the easier way to do it is just by looking uh, at the kind of caption and the hashtags that are used. Usually that's information enough to uh, be able to tell what food it is. And then that writes, uh, the, the bot writes a good comment. Because another kind of important part to it is uh, writing a, an, or, an original comment. Mm -hmm. Because uh, if you imagine someone like uh, commenting on your pictures, but it's always like a, you know, a single emoji or beautiful or something like this, it really comes off as, uh, you know, very low effort that they wrote the comment just because they had to, but they didn't really care. 
So what I've actually done was preparing a, a large database of a lot of comments so that, for example, for any food, who knows, a T-bone steak, I would have uh, uh, 30 different comments that could say, oh, I like this type of steak uh, on Saturdays. And, and, and something up, very specific. You came up with the comments, right? Uh, well, uh, yeah, that was uh, a big part of, um, uh, of developing all of this. I, I wonder, did I wonder if you take all the hashtags and would generate comments on the fly. So let's say someone had a, a T-bone steak in Chicago. And they yep. and and those are the hashtags T Bone Steak Chicago and uh, and you looked it up on uh, on on Google. Um, let me see what just comes up. Uh, I mean, it's hard to know which things are just advertising a steak and which are, you know, like here's one. The, one of the first things that comes up is the T Bone uh, has always been a favorite steak lovers not only for having a size that will satisfy any appetite but also having two different cuts all in one steak. And let me see where it brings in Chicago. Um, uh, oh, I guess it's just the company is Chicago barbecue guys. So I don't know. I was just trying to think of a way to automate on the fly. Um, very original. Uh, you know, here's one. I can't believe, oh, that's a, that's a fake steak. Uh, uh, yeah. Here's one from the Chicago Tribune, how to cook steak. Yeah. I guess it's hard to generate, you know, automate on the fly using Google. So on the fly, it's a bit of a problem. I actually thought about it and, and did something that would do that. So um, the, the two ways I've been, let's say, generating these comments is on, on the one hand, I've taken uh, uh, literally scraped uh, uh, Instagram comments. So for example, you know, I would search for pictures with a T-bone steak and see uh, what comments people would write on it. Right. So if they write a comment under a T-bone steak, it's going to be something T-bone steak related. Then I would actually filter for a comment that mentions T-bone steak. So I'm 100% sure it has to do with T-bone steak and then just use that. So that would work uh, all the time. Uh, another strategy I've applied, and this is a bit more complicated, but uh, I basically uh, trained a text generation model to write food comments. Wow. So what, how did you do that? That sounds like one of these. Um... Uh, what's that AI program that takes text and figures out the next, you know, writes the next I, sentence? I was using exactly that. Hmm. So uh, the idea is that um, uh, you can uh, train a model to learn how to, um, you know, complete text. That's it. The idea is, is kind of complete text. But if I, since I trained it on a database of, uh, um, you know, a huge amount of uh, uh, food comments, it will be able to actually make an original food comment. The problem so, with this is, is that the, 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 the model is, uh, is very large and to train it, you need a big GPU and it's hard to do it on, uh, in, in real time, at I least see. with the resources I'm currently using. But, but can you do it um, so that, uh, let's, say, let's say anytime you see, I, I don't know, can you, is there a way you can have it always running in the background with every new set of hashtags you see on Instagram? So like, oh, now we just saw T-Bone Steak Chicago for the first time. We'll, we'll, you, we'll make a comment from our original database, which is not mm -hmm. as automated, but then now we'll have it figure out a thousand more comments using you know, this generator. And then you just keep that in a database. Yes, this would be possible, yeah. So, so like, uh, um, what's an example of the second thing where you, you uh, use the, the text generator to come up with a comment? 
Uh, what do you mean? Like, did have you used the the, the AI version to cut the text generator to come up with comments? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, what's an example? Yeah. So, for example, this is uh, some very simple comments, but the the input of the model was just was just saying calamari. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then uh, um, a few of example is uh, oh. I'm loving these calamaris with some emoji, or uh, I'm a little obsessed with calamari. Um, oh, this is oh. like calamari heaven. Um, oh, I like that and one. stuff like that, right? So they're, um, uh, let's say, somewhat simple, yet um, they're almost indistinguishable from something that would be completely original. Can you send me a, an Instagram link where it was used? Um, I don't think I can do that. So you know, you know why? Simply because uh, uh, when this uh, runs in the background, I don't know where, where it writes the comments. It just uh, writes it to. to, to. So because so, uh, I'm curious, does yep. the engagement with your comment increase because they're slightly more than than beautiful or just an emoji? Yes, yes, that's what I've totally noticed because people take them as original comments, right? They they, they you see these comments and they're good enough that someone that reads them think. Oh, the person who's written this has taken you know ten seconds of their time to think about it and not just write a heart emoji. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I, I lived in over a hundred or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period. And I loved it. I love, I became a really good guest of Airbnbs and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests? And having my own Airbnb or, or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away and I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty, who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day. That initial 
when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee and I still to this day get messages every day. James Aldacher, would you like to apply to be VP of entertainment at NBC or whatever? So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything than go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I'm definitely going to use HIMS for now. Not on. that you need it. You're, you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might, you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the HIMSS app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? HIMSS.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's HIMS.com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Why weren't the best food photographs getting the most engagement? That was that was a disconnect that you wanted to basically experiment with. Like let, let, you could have a theory about why that's happening, but you still need to experiment to find out if that's what's happening. You borrowed that from your your hours in physics. You borrowed those hours to 
experiment in this completely different domain, which is why aren't people commenting on famous photographers, food photographs? And then of course there's the idea sex part of it, which is you combine food and photography and, um, you know, computer coding. Um, and, and, and even with AI, uh, you know, using the, the text generator. Um, I also like the fact that you sort of realize, again, it, it's better to be the only than the best. So, so how can you be unique? Well, one way to be unique is to, um, engage the social network a lot more than other photographers. And again, you were able to experiment and, and manually and see that that was true and then automate. I always go think people should do manually what they can before, before wasting time automating. Cause you just need to know if it works before you put in the hundreds of hours to automate something and you need to know what the nuances are and, and so on. So you did that, your experiments were successful and then you executed and, um, and then what's the results? Yeah, so, well, um, from a, let's say, product kind of point of view, what I realized was that, you know, there was a very clear reason why there's no um, already uh, bot that you can buy that would automate this. It's because I feel it almost cannot exist. It's because uh, um, Instagram is so against this idea of bots. My code would work, let's say, automatically for a month, and then it would stop working. And I would get, my account would get blocked. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, let me tell you the numbers of times I've been blocked is insane. Because, well, I wonder if they're blocking it because they feel the comments are automated or if you're doing like a thousand a second, they might realize I think, that. No, no, it's, it's even, it's thought through because, uh, you know, I, I could see that uh, at my, my peak level would be being able to maybe like 500 pictures in a day and comment on maybe three to 400. Okay, and even this, this is done at kind of um, um, randomized time intervals. The comments are all different because I have this huge database. But still, you know, I think there are small things that can be done that, that Instagram can do to realize it, right? So, for example, I'm running everything from a laptop, right? Actually, you know, it's not only is it run from a laptop, it's run from a Firefox browser. That's because that's how I manage to automate things. But, you know, who's going to use a Firefox browser to use uh, um, uh, on their laptop to use Instagram? Everyone does it on their iPhone, right? Ah. So I think there are telltale signs that they can get. Are there ways so, to, uh, to spoof IP addresses and browsers? And not that we're trying to do something unethical, but... It's an interesting experiment. Are there ways to... Um... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do that. You can uh, spoof the... Uh, pretend to be a different browser. You can pretend to come from a different um, uh, IP address. You can use uh, uh, proxies. But it seems like it's really a big kind of, um, uh, you know, trying a new trick until you get caught, right? And then when you get caught, you have to come up with a new trick. And of course, there's uh, part of, of it is the fun of it. But, um, but what I've realized is that this would be a very hard pro um, product to support. Because imagine I was able to, let's say, uh, sell someone this program that does all the commenting for themselves. And, but then, you know, in a week, Instagram changes their algorithm or their systems to catch uh, uh, bots, and it's, it no longer works. You know, I don't know for sure I can fix it. Maybe I can. Maybe it's going to take a week, right? What are you going to do with the client in that week of time that it doesn't work when you're meant to provide a service? 
And yeah. then I would never, you never really know um, to, to what extent Instagram can go to kind of, uh, um, you know, block bots, for example, or block any sort of automation. So I kind of felt, you know, it's, it's a good tool. It's a tool that I currently use myself, but it needs so much tinkering on my part that it, it seems something hard to turn into a, a good product for a customer. That's why I kind of took this idea and repackaged it in something that I think can be turned into a product. Tell me. And so what I did, my idea was this, right? So I just said, this is extremely hard to automate. So how can we make the process of writing comments as easy as possible, but not automated? So what I've started to work on is basically a keyboard, an iOS keyboard app. But what this keyboard would do is that it has loaded already all of the database of comments for each food. So the way it works now is that I can go to Instagram, see a picture of uh, uh, you know, uh, pizza, and then I would just write on my keyboard pizza. And as soon as I write pizza, I get you know, 30 comments that I could write. A list of 30 comments, I just tap on one, and it gets pasted in the comment section. So what you're going for here is simply speed. speed. You could search for pizza, find 20 different popular Instagram accounts that have a pizza picture on them. And within a minute or two, as opposed to 20 minutes, get 20 decent comments that get better engagement and will build your followers. So it's, it's semi-automated. It's semi-automated, but uh, um, hang on. So my the, what my app does is actually giving comments for you to write on other people's posts. Right. And then you click on the comment and it's instantly posted. Exactly. And it's instantly posted. So, and this makes up for the fact that if you want to, do, to comment on other people's picture actively, it takes a long time. And it takes even longer if you want the comments to be somewhat original, right? Because you'd have to find the, the, the picture, then you have to go to comment, think, just think about it, right? Think about the comment. Yeah. Uh, what am I gonna write that it's, uh, you know, one full sentence that actually makes sense and uh, you just have to add it. And so what it takes, I've seen- it takes like five seconds maybe. Yeah, even, even more, I think. Because yeah. if you think about it, you type it, and uh, with this, I, I kind of saw that basically with my app, I can cut the time down to maybe 15% of what it would take otherwise. Ah, so, so you've experimented using it with the app and not using it with the app. Yeah. And you see yeah, the yeah. difference in time. So yes. I'm wondering what the automated version, does it, maybe you could, now that you know how many seconds it takes manually with your app, and that seems to be okay with Instagram, can you add that, that time increment to your automated version? I could, but from my experiments, the timing is, the, is not the issue. Hmm. I could add even, you know, longer waiting times and every so often I would get like caught. They're using more detailed information to try to uh, say whether someone is a bot or not, not just the time. And so, because the way you're doing it now really is manually, it's just as if you're, some program is providing solutions and it allows, I mean, you know, ideas to you, but you're still manually doing it. And they can't tell that it's just a click, a point and click. You're still manually doing it yourself anyway. Yes. So because of that, it's, it's completely genuine, right? From, uh, from the, from Instagram's point of view, when they look at someone using the app, 
they are actually writing many, many more comments, but you know, nothing is automated. It's just as if uh, you know, the idea is automated, right, of the comment. Is, is the comment pasted into the Instagram comment section? Or, does, or uh, I wonder if you go letter by letter, if that would be even better. Maybe that is what they're looking at too. I suppose that could be uh, an option, but from my uh, experience, uh, it's it's never I've never had any issues when using it from the app. I I see. So um, so right now this approach works. You haven't been blocked using this approach. No. And what's been the results? The results is that you, you save a lot of time. And and but I mean, have you increased your Instagram followers? Yeah, yeah. So um, it it clearly helped out a lot. Uh, the engagement. Uh, goes up uh, significantly, even if because of course a lot of it depends on how many, um, uh, how much you post, uh, how much, uh, uh, how good your posts are. But writing comments and uh, liking other people's picture is the best way to get, uh, let's say, discovered by other people. Because when you, uh, you know, if I um, comment on uh, four of someone's pictures in a row they're going to see the notification. They're going to see it in the, um, uh, yeah, in their notifications that someone has interacted with them and that causes some sort of curiosity. Uh, of course, this happens uh, uh, mostly with, uh, if you interact with people that don't have, uh, you know, a lot of followers, because of course, someone who has hundreds of thousands are not going to care. But if it's someone who has a relatively small account with a few thousand followers and you uh, and they see people commenting on it, they kind of, they're more curious, right? And that's, uh, and it just um, gets the kind of um, discovering process much easier. It's interesting because sometimes if I make a good comment, let's say someone has a million followers and if I make a good, yep. and, and I get a notification, they just post it and I go right away and I comment and I make a very intelligent comment. Sometimes that works because the comment will have like a thousand likes and so yep. those, the people liking my comment might go to my um, Instagram and I get engagement from that. So, so at that level, at the high level, it's more important to have a comment that really stands out as providing mm -hmm. value, just as much value as the post or more. But you're right. If I want to get the person who posted to interact, it's much better to go when they don't have as many followers, but maybe they're growing quickly. So you're kind of getting, you're buying low and selling high sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know um, when it comes that to would be interesting. Like, what the best Instagram accounts to, that are moving, that are trending upwards very quickly. Mm -hmm. Like the the second derivative is still positive. Then, as opposed to other accounts, then it might be worthwhile to to focus on commenting on those as well. Oh yeah, this would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, wh which account are you trying to grow? Can you show me the account you're trying to grow? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, while you're doing that, I'll tell you that when I first started writing, um, I, I realized engagement was the key. So if someone commented on an article I wrote, and this was like in 2003, I would actually yeah. call them on the phone and yeah. say, thanks for your comment, you know, happy to answer any other questions. And that was a really good way for me to build uh, initial followers back in 2003. Mm -hmm. And then when Twitter was out, I started having Twitter Q and A's. So that would increase my engagement a lot. And uh, I got a lot of Twitter followers that way. And in all my articles, I would say, follow me on Twitter. So giving a direct kind of instruction to follow me on Twitter usually helped. Um, but now I'm kind of, yeah, everything's so sophisticated. I'm kind of at a loss. 
to, wow, you have, this is beautiful photos. I love this. I mean, it's all right. So tasting tones, I'm going to follow this. Uh, London food blogger. Oh, I can't follow it on my desktop. But anyway, these are good photographs. And you have 11,000 followers. How long did it take to get the 11,000 followers once you realized the, the true technique? Uh, a few months, a few months. Especially lately, I've not been putting in much effort simply because I, I got more interested in developing the app than in uh, uh, growing the account. You know, another thing is, let's say you're not posting as much, you can always find the most interesting um, posts from other Instagrammers and post it and say, Instagram food clip, fo food photo of the day from this account. So you could kind of reward your, your followers and reward also the good, best food Instagrammers by reposting and giving them credit, but reposting their photos. And you, that could be automated too. Oh yeah, you know, that's actually something that I thought about. Strangely enough, it's particularly difficult to automate. I wonder why that is. Simply because uh, I've looked into this uh, quite a bit. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's hard to just uh, upload photos automatically. Uh, yeah, you know, even re sharing a photo to your Instagram, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's impossible to do with an Instagram, but there are apps to do it. So I wonder if any of those apps have an API you could interact with. You know, like reshare yeah. uh, is an app, and there's a there's a bunch of different sharing apps um, where you don't have to download it and upload it. You just reshare mm -hmm. it, but you have to use an app for it. You can't use Instagram, and so I wonder if you if any of those have an API you could build into your thing. So I, so like you know like um, meme uh, influencers, people who post the best memes every day, mm -hmm. and they just they're just aggregators, but they're curators. Those do very yep. well, like. Um, Tank Sinatra, his account uh, posts funny memes it's from other people and he gives credit and he's built up to millions of followers doing that. If you could app that, that's good too. So now it seems like there's horizontal ways to go and vertical ways to grow. So what I mean is like, let's think of a vertical way to grow. If you could give someone an app or a program that randomizes IP addresses, browsers, time increments of posting, and various other factors. So domain independent, independent of Instagram or Facebook or blogging sites or whatever, giving basically the infrastructure of fooling, you know, getting past the, the bot finders. I think that's an interesting app by itself, domain independent, you know, commenting on TikTok, Instagram, you know, medium.com, linkedin.com, uh, you know, whether it's articles or, uh, a photo site or a video site, YouTube, uh, but creating the infrastructure for, again, randomizing the browser, randomizing the, the geo location, randomizing um, the time, randomizing, um, you know, how the comments are done and, and so on. I think that's interesting too. Uh, you know, that's kind of vertical where you, where it's mm -hmm. sort of like how Amazon took uh, their infrastructure of creating a store and opened up the Amazon sellers program. So anyone could create a store. So that's like a vertical yep. ex expansion. And then they took mm -hmm. that infrastructure and made, you know, AWS to offer their entire infrastructure store independent, uh, to anybody for anything. And yep. so this is where you kind of, um, broaden out. So it's not just about commenting on Instagram. It could be about doing X on Y. Um, mm -hmm. but the whole purpose is fooling all the techniques that you've learned from fooling the bot finders. So I wonder if that's hard to do. Hmm. Thinking about it, it would seem uh, 
a bit complicated, mainly because uh, you want it to be uh, kind of platform independent, right? And uh, right. Um, it, it or maybe you become... can build it for several platforms. Like maybe you can mm -hmm. have a menu, like here's 50 sites we can do this with. Do you want to do this with comments, with emojis, with, you know, and so it could be just two menus. So you build it kind of for, for all these different things, like, and you have to do APIs into all these different things, mm -hmm. but the main infrastructure doesn't really change that much. It's just, you're constantly adding new sites and new functionality, but the basic structure of spoofing all these different heuristics of how to find a bot is accomplished. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So that could be interesting, but that's interesting only to programmers. It's not like a huge mm -hmm. market price. We're interested for interesting for people building bots because they're all the bots are probably getting caught all the time. And so as to your experience and you're very smart. So I would trust your experience over some random, I, I get emails all the time from, you know, spam mails. Hey, we'll get, increase your account by 10,000 followers, you know, with mm -hmm. our bot, you know, thing. Um, but then I'm sure they die real quickly because uh, they don't have your experience and so on. And then the other way, of course, is horizontally. So you do it for food, but you could do it for fashion. You could do it for self-help. You could do it for finance. You could do it for jokes. Uh, so that's an easier one to do. And filling out the comments and the um, uh, uh, other stuff, you could kind of outsource to, you know, using Fiverr to, you know, Indian or Malaysia or whatever, where it's much cheaper for somebody, hey, here's the fashion category look at a thousand sites, kind of give me comments for each type of fashion related tag. And so you get the comments and fill up the database using, you know, outsourcing it for less than a hundred dollars. And now you could extend, you know, uh, horizontally to different categories. So those yeah, are this is actually kind of what I had in mind of yeah. uh, the direction to go, because it would seem, um, um, you know, like you said, much simpler and also much easier to kind of, uh, like I said, I could outsource part of it. And uh, um, it would also clearly increase the amount of people that could be interested in it. Right, and meanwhile, I still think there must be ways, like if you're doing it manually, how mm -hmm. come software can't mimic exactly what you're doing manually? Like there's yeah, some- Yeah, uh, I mean, well, that's true, that's true. But, if it's but you've done tried manually, you there must be a way. Yeah, but but, you know. but you've tried and, and you, I mean, you know what you're doing manually. And so there must be some missing link that you're not able to do with the browser. And that's why I think, well, you're cutting and pasting. So I initially, I thought maybe it would be not cutting and pasting, but letter by letter, but there must be, you could, while you're doing either the vertically or the horizontally, there must be some way to keep playing with and experimenting with something that, you know, for a much longer time beats the bot finders. And, uh, but there's another thing too, you mentioned, uh, and also coming up with the automated, I, I'm very interested in the automating the comments almost in real time using kind of the AI text generator. What, what AI do you use? What, what program do you use? Oh, there's this model called uh, GPT-2. Oh yeah, GPT-3. So that's the thing, GPT-3 is uh, apparently is supposed to be much better, but I don't have access to it. So I right, need to so use the, the previous version. When I was looking at GPT-2, I couldn't get access to it. Is there an API into GPT-2 now? Yeah, that can be easily used, yeah. So so I have, an, I have a, another idea that's sort of related. Here's my dream, and it's different completely than what you're doing, but, mm -hmm. but you would have the skill set to do it. Again, it overlaps with various of your interests. I want to have a podcast with myself. 
So I want to load yeah. in. Let's say I've done 800 podcasts. I've mm-hmm. Jay would know. Jay's on here. Jay would know. Maybe I've done 900 by now or a thousand. But uh, what if I load in all 900 of my podcasts and maybe my books as well? And mm-hmm. now, and I crunch that all through. I want to have a podcast where I'm interviewing the AI version of myself. And yeah, I so would- I actually believe this is uh, somewhat possible. And I have done something similar in spirit. Okay. And I, so what I did is that I took um, one of my favorite books. Uh, I don't know if you've read it. It's called Shantaram. Yeah, yeah, I've read that. It's a great book. I basically uh, trained the, the model, okay, to learn to write as if it was from the book. Okay. Yeah. And, and then I would give it some sort of prompt and would fill it out. To me, it was indistinguishable. If I was told that the passage was from the book, I would have not been able to tell. Let's say I wanted to have a podcast with the main character of Shantaram, um, you know, about his experiences in India mm-hmm. and so on. Would I be able to, and it's based on you know, the, the author's life, uh, uh, Gregory Roberts, would I be able to do that interview? Or let's say I wanted, let's say, I, um, let's say Einstein had written an autobiography. I forget mm-hmm. whether he has or not. Would I, would I be able to take all his letters and autobiography and stuff and load that in and interview him, like interview historical characters? Yeah, I think that that is possible. I think I read of people working on this specific problem using GPT-3. I bet you it could even be done with GPT-2 because I was thinking of it with GPT-2 when I saw some examples. That seems like an interesting app too that, uh, for instance, a lot of podcasters would use. It, w- it would be interesting for novelty at first, but I bet you a lot of podcasters, if they want to learn, like let's say I want to um, learn about Abraham Lincoln, but I don't feel like reading a book. Okay, James Altucher is going to, he's loaded in all of Abraham Lincoln's books and I like the way James Altucher interviews people. So I'm going to listen to James Altucher's podcast with Abraham Lincoln, the, the, the yeah. AI version of Abraham Lincoln. I could see there being a, a market for that along podcast among podcasters and the subscription rates could be pretty high. Like I would pay, you know, thousand, maybe even $2,000 a month for something like that. And there's 2 million podcasters. Maybe many of them would be willing to, mm-hmm. like if I'm looking for content and I can't get Barack Obama to come on my podcast, I could just turn on the Abraham Lincoln thing and in the middle of the night, yeah. do a podcast with him and load it the next day. You know, so I'm basically curating who I'm interested in and I'm able to interview based on our own words and language and ideas. And then people could judge for themselves. Maybe it's even an interesting thing. Judge from zero to 10, whether this felt like an interview with Abraham Lincoln. I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking out loud, but I'm just trying to think of other spokes for this, for your Mm -hmm. skills and the technology that you're interested in working on. Um, So that's one potential spoke. Another one, um, you know, and these are more GPT two or three related, which is like writing speeches or whatever, or writing books. Like maybe, maybe I can load in all my podcasts and have it generate a book that I need to edit the thousand and one things I learned from my podcast. And so it could be, it could figure out how to learn what I've learned. So maybe I've commented, that sounds fascinating whenever I've learned something. So it could Mm -hmm. take out of, because I can't even remember. I would would love that for myself. I can't even remember. (laughs) I've learned so many things. I mean, I've interviewed so many incredible people. I wish I could remember everything I've learned from them. So it'd even be useful for me, let alone it could be publishable as a book. and then, like I said, I think it'd be interesting to identify the up and coming, um, you know, 
let's say food influencers on Instagram before they're up and coming. So you kind of see how, how they're accelerating versus other accounts, which they probably don't even know. And, and then not only make a, a curator, you know, make your account part curation, like, Oh, food photo of the day or food photo of the week. So this increases your number of posts, but it also alerts them that you've, you've awarded them the food poster of, of the food photo of the week. But people come back, people always come back to the source. Oh, I want to see what the food photo of the day is at Tasting Tones Instagram account. Cause maybe I'll start following that other person too, but they always go back to the source. Just like people always go back to Google to find out more or to see what the latest things are. So I wonder if you can also, you know, as part of your tool set for Instagram mastery, do something that identifies the fastest trending accounts and is able to automatically post what they're posting. Um, uh, and, you know, again, uh, uh, you know, or, 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 and then even make a comment, Hey, you were selected as the food photo of the day on the tasting tone site. So you post mm -hmm. that on their accounts and then other commenters or people who like it, see your comment and come back to your account. Cause you're going to ask for a curator. And again, some of these meme accounts have millions of followers and they just are curators. So a big problem on, on all social media is that there's no curation. And by, by identifying the fastest trending accounts, and again, this is something that they might not even know they're one of the fastest trending accounts, you're able to um, curate in a very interesting way that, that nobody else can do. And it could only be automated. You can't, you can't, it's very hard probably to manually find the fastest trending accounts. And so, uh, so those are some ideas, but I think this is, I think this is great. It's just a matter now of listing all the ideas and figuring out which ones, and there should be multiple, but which ones you want to explore. Um, and you know, and, the, and it involves some skill learning, like you might need to learn more about GPT-2. I could probably find you access to GPT-3, you know, and then, and then getting understanding maybe different skills, like how to identify, you know, which are trending accounts or how to identify, you know, you can even optimize the language of the comments and see which words do better than other words. So I don't know, there's a lot of different experiments we can do here to really make your product or products great and worthy of spending money on. I am so glad you convinced me that the family car should be the Defender 110. It is so beautiful inside. It's so comfortable and it just feels indestructible. Yes, it really is. I've been waiting a long time for the new model to come out. The Defender 110, I'm telling you, it's my favorite car of all times. It's my third one. You know, I have stories of going off road. The guy managed the group. He was like, what are you doing in this beautiful car? I'm like, I'm going off road. He's like, are you sure? Because you can use one of ours. And then they look like Mad Max cars. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to do this. And he was shocked. Wow. Well, it's great because the Defender has been reimagined for 21st century adventure and its unparalleled off-road ability as well as its robust interior are invaluable whether you're headed towards uncharted territory or just a weekend of exploration. The Defender 110 tackles challenging surroundings with absolute confidence. The SUV conveys strength outside and in, featuring peerless technology like an intuitive driver display 
and an award-winning infotainment system. That's my favorite part, to keep you connected no matter where the journey takes you. Adventure is unique to everyone, and so is the Defender. Choose from the two-door Defender 90, the four-door Defender 110, or the larger Defender 130 with the ability to seat up to eight passengers. You'll find uncompromising performance in all three. So pack up and go even further with the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today so what do you what do you want to do because i'm happy to work with you on on any of this stuff mm-hmm. uh, i think what you have is like the core of something great and your ideas are great and i think and you know i don't like the manually as much even though it saves 15 percent mm-hmm. of time and even though by the way this is an approach that i've looked into myself manually and it works i definitely increase my instagram followers if i actively manually comment on popular instagrammers yep. So I've done it on popular Instagrammers, but I then think out like a real complicated and interesting response to their accounts. And I don't, I don't do it anymore, but the few weeks where I experimented with this, I gained like a thousand followers. And uh, uh, I like the idea of automating and also finding even more interesting accounts that are more likely to be successful for the growth of your account. And I also like the idea of curation. And I also like the idea of expanding it out horizontally, if not vertically. And I like the idea of somehow using this for podcasts as well. Um, yeah, but there might be other a, domains. Yeah, yeah. So actually for that, yeah, I, I could even try, I mean, this is just for fun, but uh, try to train the, one of these models on like one of your books and have it fill out something. To, yeah. to see if it, if you can see if it, I think from my experience using like Shantaram, for example, like the writing was amazing. Yeah. Right. Oh, and this was even a subpar model. Was a not even a very good model, like because it was uh, like a smaller version of this GPT two. Whereas uh, my understanding now is that GPT three would be like orders of magnitude better in generalization, how good it would be. But I could do it ju- just for fun. Um, I, actually, what I what I did, I have another Instagram account that was just my personal Instagram account, and for a while I was just p- posting my pictures just for fun, and I tried adding uh, captions uh, written in the uh, style of Shantaram. And what happened? I only got comments of people saying, oh, you write so beautifully. <laughs> I oh said, yeah, gosh. I didn't write anything. That is really interesting. So you can test, you can test which ones, which books work better than others. That's fascinating. Yeah, so I tried I tried with a, a bunch of different books. So I trained it on uh, some Jane Austen stuff. 
but uh -huh. then just for fun, I I started the, because the way this model works is that you need to give it some prompt and then it's going to fill out. Okay. But the prompt was something, oh, I went to the store and bought a burger and they, I suppose Jane Austen didn't know what a burger was <laughs> back then. Yeah. And so the, the, the completion was not, was a bit weird simply because, you know, it's like, uh, she was time traveling. Right. It's an older style too of writing. So people may not relate yes. to it as much. Whereas Shantaram is still like a very Definitely. modern. Style. And it was, yeah, it was great. You know, I could, uh, maybe I can find an example and uh, send it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Send but, it yeah. To me. And, then, and then also be interesting to compare Shantaram mm -hmm. with what if you load in the Bible, which has been focus grouped as the best selling book for the past mm -hmm. 2000 years. We know that people relate to it. Uh, billions of people. I wonder if that would work better or worse than Shantaram. Um, yeah. so it'd be interesting to kind of compare a hundred different books and see which one was the best for getting engagement, you know, statistically mm. significantly above the rest. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. that's another direction to go. So it's almost like the next step is, you know, you know how I do like the 10 ideas a day. It seems like mm. every day for a week, come up with 10 ideas of how you could use maybe, you know, just different ideas. Maybe one day is different GPT ideas for captions. Mm. Maybe another day is. Uh, different and all these are experiments, but different ways. How would you do curation using the technology you've already built? How would you um, expand horizontally? What are the different ways you could expand horizontally? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, see, these are all different like idealists or, or what other things haven't you tried for fooling the bot finders? Because uh, I think that's interesting software all of its own. But I think all these things could lead to monetizable um, pieces of software. Uh, and again, the purpose is not necessarily uh, fooling the bot finders, but also being able to, like you say, the best photos don't get engagement. The goal really is to get good photos to have engagement and beat mm -hmm. the the and beat the algorithm, which sort of chooses who to follow. The best should be the ones to follow, and that's what you're trying to to get out there. So, not considering yet whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, because let's say I wanted to load in all 800 of my podcasts and all of my books. That's an idea. It might be a bad idea because it might take a year for the GPT-3 to, to learn it, but that's an idea. Or, or expanding vertically so that you um, are, are bot finding, or you're bot proof. Like, you know, you, you've learned to spoof everything, you figured it out, like what are the 10 things you haven't tried? So that might be a bad idea. Maybe there's not a big enough market or maybe it's not that interesting, but it's still an idea. Um, and it's, it might help when the whole idea of coming up with lots of ideas, not only to practice and exercise the idea muscle, but everything that you think about kind of joins forces together to help you come up with the next set of ideas and ultimately to, to finding the good ideas. So even the bad ideas kind of, they all talk to each other. All the ideas talk to each other, the bad ideas and the good ideas for your next list of ideas. And so you have just more fuel. You have a bigger repertoire of ideas when you're making the next list of ideas is, is one way to think about it. Um, so uh, uh, it's like a chess player who knows lots of different ways of openings in the game. When he learns a new opening, he's able to apply the ideas from even the bad openings to the new opening. And uh, it's interesting. But um, so yeah, well, uh, let me see. Let me see something else. Um, so for me, I think that kind of the thing that inspired me the most. So, well, there's a, a GPT-3 thing with the podcast that's, that does sound very 
interesting as a general idea, but more uh, specified to what I've been uh, working on so far will be or, or, you actually. Know, but, hmm? but by, by the way, I'm sorry to, to interrupt. Please, I'm 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 thinking even more now. Like it's not just let's say I loaded all my podcasts and my books. There's a, a common cliche which is that, uh, you know, people say, "Oh, I always give good advice, but I don't follow it." And mm -hmm. what if I'm having a problem and I want to follow my advice? I I turn on my bot and I ask yeah. it, like, "What would you do in this situation?" And I get a comment back from the AI version of me. It might get me thinking, okay, this is what I would say. I should really live by my advice and follow it. Or let's say I want to get advice from, you know, uh, uh, Albert Einstein or Abraham Lincoln or Tony Robbins or whoever, whoever mm -hmm. is your, or the Bible uh, or Shantaram, you can ask it a problem. Oh, I'm having trouble paying my taxes this year. What should I do? And just see yeah. the re response, uh, you know, might be interesting. Or, or you know, you you get the book The Five Love Languages, which is about relationships. Oh, I'm having this problem with my loved one, uh, mm -hmm. and it comes back from maybe you could put a bunch of texts about relationships in there, and it's good. So, or, or you can even put uh, cookbooks. Oh, I want to make something with fish, but I want to use steak tartar sauce. Are there? Oh well, yeah, that that I actually tried. Yeah, I tried uh, getting a model to uh, come up with recipes. The results were mixed. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, are you sure that did you cook any of them? Oh no. <laughs> so there, there might be experiments there. Another. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, definitely. You, you know, what would be interesting is also uh, experimenting. Well, no, okay, n never mind. But um, I think I think you should brainstorm and come up with lots of ideas, mm -hmm. uh, uh, all sorts of ways. But you, anyway, you were about to say what your what your interest was. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, because I, I kind of feel that from uh, the, the work I've been doing so far, the um, you know the 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 part of it that I could most directly turn into a product was actually this uh, uh, the, the app part. And uh, since I I think I've done a bunch of work on it, I would like to try to uh, you know go go uh, all the way and turn it into a product. I think that's a good idea because you're almost ready to go. You're talking about the iOS keyboard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And actually, uh, I have a, a couple of questions about that for you because uh, yes. it's, uh, uh, I'd say the whole development coming up with it was uh, almost the exciting part. But now the, the idea of turning this into a potential business is almost the part that kind of scares me a little bit, mm -hmm. right? Because it's something I've never done before. And uh, so, for example, I would have to um, get uh, publish the app on the App Store. I wouldn't want to do it in my name. I would have to start a company mm -hmm. simply because, you know, I think it would be good for legal purposes. You never know what, what may happen. And that's, for example, thing I suppose it wouldn't be problematic, but it's something that I would have to do. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting because your your app has a lot of functionality already. Like for instance, you you wrote you wrote me in your original letter to me. You said you wrote code that could scrape all restaurants on Deliveroo, uh, delivering to your place, find their Instagram account, and message them asking to collaborate and send you food to review. And you said you had around oh, yeah. a thirty percent success rate. So, uh, so basically, you you were mentioning you could get food every day for more than one year. So I think if if you kind of add 
different types of functionality. Like someone might want it to increase their Instagram account. Another person might want to mm -hmm. do it to get free food every day. Yeah. Another person might want it to create a curated thing. So um, I think that's another way to grow is adding features. And yep. because you want to make this app, you, you want to, you, basically people don't buy apps that they like. People are most likely to buy apps they cannot do without. So mm -hmm. Uber is a great example. When you're in New York City or London and it's raining outside and it's, you know, a holiday and it's raining and it's 6 p.m. So everyone's going somewhere. It's probably hard to find a taxi cab. So you mm -hmm. can't not get Uber in London or yeah. New York City for that reason. I can't not have uh, Uber in New York City. There's sort of like the not part of the equation is very important as opposed to like, mm -hmm. oh, this would be great. I don't care about what would be great. I care about the things I can't do without. And so you want to make this so good that like I could survive without the app as it is right now, because I yeah. could find comments. I mean, I could find Instagram accounts. I could write comments and you know what? Yes. It takes me five times as long as if I was using your app, but I'm going to manually write such a great, I know that this approach works that your app mm -hmm. automates. I know I can write such great comments that I will get six times as much engagement doing it myself than even doing it semi-automated with your app. So it's sort of yeah. like you have to increase the value so it could beat uh, a human completely, like leave a human in the dust. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so you, you do that with features, you do that with making suggestions for how one should structure their Instagram account. And I mentioned the curating is one idea, but there could be other ideas. You could scrape all mm -hmm. the web, you could scrape uh, the rest, you could scrape like what you did with Deliveroo, like, Here's the, yeah. here's their photos of the food I ate, uh, this mm -hmm. month. And this was the best, you know, th this was the food I ordered the most. And it's a great photo of it. I don't know how you do it, but, uh, uh, so, so you kind of want to add features that make this so much better than everything mm -hmm. else that it's the only one of its kind. Uh, yeah. and, uh, you know, and, and it's great if, uh, you know, you, you hit more verticals like fashion, food, self-help memes, you know, sports. Uh, uh, so yeah, so I, I totally would like to help you do this. And I do think this could be a, a, a multi-million dollars very quickly, by the way, I don't even think, you know, we're saying this in a recorded way, but I don't even think anyone can compete with you. You're so far ahead of the game. And, you know, you have access to all these things and all this knowledge and you've been doing all these experiments, even stuff we haven't spoken about, but stuff I see in your email to me. And I think there's a couple of things. One is figuring out how to monetize it. Uh, one is figuring out, um, uh, you know, the ways in which you want to expand it to make it the only as opposed to better. Uh, like right now, it's a better version of mm -hmm. me doing this, but it yep. should be the, there should be some things that I can only, I can't do it without this. Uh, uh, so, so, you know, that's important. And so, and turning into a business, that's something where maybe you feel your skill set is not there, but that is something I could totally help with. I could see a million different ways to market this, monetize this and, and create different spokes around it that are, that are, that will be very interesting and even get you press and newsworthiness and so on. Um, but I think the first step is figuring out what the complete product is. And I would just let's, if you want, and if you want to continue to do this, let's, uh, let's brainstorm, you know, let's talk next week and like the week from today, perhaps, and maybe 
just come up with idea lists each day of features that you would you would add to, to you yep. know and they again I, I encourage at least half the ideas or two-thirds of the ideas or 90 percent of the ideas to be bad ideas it's just having ideas is the important part and then we can narrow in on what the fi what the final product is hmm. yeah, yeah yeah that sounds good do you feel it would be better to have something like more specific but that can be turned into something like a product sooner or to have something maybe more complete but that would take longer uh sooner and sooner. And, and longer i think you want to get your foot in the door as the guy and then you keep adding yep. feature after feature adding after feature features. yeah yeah yep. like okay just getting out there and then if it doesn't sell that's an experiment and we could then mm -hmm. analyze the data from the experiment and see oh people felt it really wasn't worth it to them or they didn't want to risk their account being blocked or you know, mm -hmm. we can analyze what's happening. That's why I think brainstorming first, like uh, ideas you can add quickly. And yeah. um, the other thing is, you know, this is a product, but it also could be a service. So yes. for instance, someone could say to you, hey man, can you double my TikTok followers? Or can you, mm -hmm. um, you know, a company contact you, could you make our company's account have more engagement? And you could do this using your app, but doing it manually. And that way you yep. get, you, you could do it for them, for instance. And that could, as a service business, that could get you more testimonials very quickly that you could put in the, the app store when it becomes a fully fledged app. So I would, yeah, I would think- This um, is actually something I thought about because what I've done also, uh, I've uh, developed a Chrome extension that does the same thing. Yeah. Right. So, and the, the difference is that, you know, if you're writing it yourself on the phone, you can only write so much, but if you, if my, my thinking was, okay, if I were to offer this as a service, I could get, let's say restaurants that want to, you know, get more, um, um, discovered by more people. Right. So how can they do it? Just write in the comments, but instead I wouldn't want to do it myself, of course, but what if I could, hire someone, like you said, in India, Malaysia or whatever, to just do the typing for me and I can give them the Chrome extension. So it's going to be very easy to do it from Chrome. It's going to be much, much quicker. Right. And then I would add to that, I don't know if it's in the extension, but I would add to that the spoofing a geolocation because they probably look for IP addresses in India to, to see oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what are the bots. But um, so, yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think. So definitely taking what you have and just making that as a business, that's acceptable, but I wouldn't quite, something doesn't feel exactly, this is not a hole in one because okay, yeah. it's not like I can't do it myself yet. Yes, so that is true. One thing I would suggest is maybe this could be one of the idealists. Who are some people I can approach right now and do this for them, even for free, just so you can get testimonials, maybe a local yep. restaurant, maybe me, maybe, uh, you know, you know, someone else, like just even people, you know, like go down your Facebook list, see who's in business. Yep. If someone's got a, a, a laundromat and that you could do it for laundromat related. It could be a laundromat influencer. Mm -hmm. You could say, Hey, let me just take over your Instagram account. I've got this product. I'm going to do it on your account for a month. You see if you like it and you do it for free. And so yep. I would think of some people you could approach and just do it because you, you'll get much more experience at doing it for other people than for yourself because there's more at stake. 
Um, yeah, you know, and uh, um, I also have like, you know, because of this food account, I do know people with relatively like even larger accounts than me that I could uh, easily um, go and talk about it. Yeah. And then I would just start brainstorming on other features. And we discussed a bunch of them mm -hmm. here. And Jay will send you the transcript of this of this uh, uh, audio uh, so you could see all the things we talked about. But I also like yeah. the idea, you never know where this is useful, being I able to identify the small but trending fast accounts. Like maybe they already have 5,000 followers, but you could s clearly see that they're on their way to a million because those are mm -hmm. the ones, you know, that might be the most attractive to kind of, um, uh, you know, comment on or curate from or whatever. And I would just play around with the idea of, is there any way to curate? Like do any of these reshare uh, products uh, have APIs that you can easily build off of? Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, uh, and, and again, doing it as a service, almost like you're an ad agency, like a social media agency, I would try to do it as a service for restaurants or food product companies or whatever, like think of who you can approach, like at least 10 people you could approach or more, but at least 10 that you could approach to see if you could do it for them as a service, even for free, because later on you could charge. Um, yep. You know, if it works well, you have testimonials and, and suddenly you have a business that, that you could do manually. And while you're doing it manually, you can continue the work of automating it. And suddenly you're a valuable company if you can automate it if you can automate a service that's already been successful and you're making money from. So I really think the next step is, is to come up with ideas on all the ways you could horizontally grow, including new features, new sectors, and so on. And then another thing on who can you do this for completely manually, you know, using your, you, you would use your app, but they wouldn't have to. And so this way you could learn what the needs of customers are a little better. Uh, maybe again, again, you could stick to the food category, but I would also try someone in another category to, cause that will help you learn how to build this for other categories. For instance, for someone like me, I, if I were to give you a list of Instagram accounts, I follow, could you do the same thing from those accounts? Now it's not product oriented. Like food is food is pizza or steak or dessert or whatever. The self-help category is wide ranging. So it presents different challenges. And then I would also exper just make a list of ideas. You might not do them. Make a list of ideas of things you could do with GPT-3. And some of them could be ideas yeah. we discussed here. So how does that sound? Just kind of like you spend a little of a half hour a day or a little bit more brainstorming. And again, each idea will help you with the ultimate business. And then next week we start to narrow in on what is the releasable product that you could charge for mm -hmm. and make money. Um, and side by side with that, I would start to figure out who you can manually uh, do this for. And by manually, I mean you use you use your product, but they don't use it. You you do it as if you're an agency for them. They don't know what's yeah. behind the black box. Like mm -hmm. you you'll do it using your app. And and then I would look into also how you can outsource so you can be much bigger. So you can outsource in the fashion category uh, what the best comments are. And, and, and you can outsource that through fiverr.com. Hey, yep. look at every popular account with hashtag fashion in it and, you know, rewrite the comments with the best engagement. So that's mm -hmm. the same meaning, but, you know, a different comment. So it's not a copy. Yep. Yep. Um, what do you think? What do you think of all that? And I want to make sure I'm, I'm adding value. Like, 
if if you think I'm not adding value and you and you simply want to figure out how to take your current app and and sell it, uh, I I get it. Uh, but I I don't think right now, like I don't think I always like products where I would buy it. And even though I like the yep. service you're providing mm -hmm. with this, I don't feel like I need to. I think I feel like there's more risk than benefit in automating it, uh, in in buying it right now. Um, for, for the reasons we, we discussed. And so I'm trying to make this so that it's just lock tight the proof that people actually need that they can't do without this. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I totally understand. That makes sense. You brought up a lot of topics that I like never thought about. Of course, uh, I'm sure, you know, I started looking at it from the lens of food. So I kind of, it, you know, one of the interesting things was that I kind of, this comes from similar to what we were talking at the very beginning. You know, I only realized the need for this app when I tried to run a good Instagram account myself. Yes. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't even have thought that something like this could be needed. And I really realized that for a lot of these things, unless you're actually, you know, doing the thing yourself, you won't even think of what can be useful. Right. And so, so I, uh, you know, and what I'm saying is, um, What's what's great is as soon as someone posts, you're notified. You're given a menu mm -hmm. of comments. You comment. Done. I love that. Um, but now, like, how can you enhance each thing? Like, how can you enhance the the accounts that you're being notified by? How can you enhance the comments? How can you expand to other sectors? You know, which might be even helpful for your food account. So, how can you identify again the best accounts? And, and is there I do feel like there could be a curation model in here as well, uh, because not every day you post. And it's one thing we know with social media is important to be consistent, like every day or yep. twice a day or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, and then, and then of course it could be expanded out to other domains like TikTok or YouTube. Uh, mm -hmm. it might be a little harder cause those are videos, but it's interesting. I mean, the same ideas could work with the hash, you know, the hashtags and the keywords. Yep. Um, but then also, writing the captions in in a different style could be interesting like what's your what's your native language italian right so shantaram obviously the native language is english and you've noticed that with the shantaram captions you get more engagement so yep. uh, uh uh it might be interesting to kind of test other texts to see and and not only will you build the skill of getting familiar with you know how these models work with with the text generation but you, mm -hmm. you become an expert in which texts and why are the best for generating captions or comments or, you know, who knows how they can be used. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. I do think that that uh, caption generating thing was uh, extremely interesting. You know, here's, here's an interesting thing. Um, this is just a random idea, but this is mm -hmm. what I think about. What if you took a book like Shantaram and Shantaram is like what, 500 pages, a thousand pages, a huge book. Yeah. Yeah. It's and huge. Um, you know, let's say, let's say someone has to read this book for some reason, like, and write a review of it, or actually let's say someone has to, a student has to read this, but they don't want to, they don't want to read a thousand pages. So could a text generator that's, you know, specific, specifically programmed, write a 40 page summary of each chapter, the important themes, the important dialogue, what happens in that chapter. So a student who's essentially 
cheating, but a lot of students, you know, when I was a kid, we used to have something called Cliff's Notes, which was like a 30 page mm-hmm. summary of Jane Austen's books. And I'd read that for the test instead of reading the Jane Austen book. And, but what you can do is you can do this for a thousand books or every book that comes out and you could self mm-hmm. automatically self publish these study guides to Amazon. You could have thousands of books published. It doesn't cost any money. And you could mm-hmm. ge- that's, you could have thousands of books generating streams of income, some stream of income every month. And, you know, that's an interesting application of, of some of this. And again, yeah, I actually think that that would be feasible. Like the, the idea of uh, text summarization is a, is a big topic. Yeah. And let me see if I can get access to GPT three. If you could send me a link where you're accessing GPT two, I, mm-hmm. I could start looking into it. Um, and I'd love to play with the Chrome extension of this. And then I'd love to figure out also how, or maybe pitch me how you could help me with my, let's call it Instagram account, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in a way that's as, as non-bot as possible, but using your ideas and your software. And um, uh, yeah, let's, 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 let's I, I think what I learned here is, again, how you used IdeaSex and important to be the only rather than the better and how you combine, you know, how you, um, I mean, I've thought about apps like this. Probably everyone's thought about apps like this, but you've actually done it. And uh, now we have to think of the different spokes and how to make this into something that's monetizable. And so so mm-hmm. that's why I'm saying make idealists every day. Even if you feel you've already got the best idea, just yep. generate more ideas. And then also very important, mm-hmm. see if there's anyone, whether it's me or the CEO of a restaurant or that you deliver from, or that you order delivery from, mm-hmm or whatever, do this manually for a couple of people. And again, yeah. what I mean by manually is you'll, you'll use your app, but they won't. You'll just help them yeah, with their yeah, account. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that could be done. My, my, okay, my only concern for that at the moment would be this. What if I do it for, let's say, a restaurant, and let's say I comment too much and I get them blocked? Right, so... Um, okay. Yeah, then, no, no, that, that's an, a that very would be some concern. sort of concern, right? That I would have because if I knew, you know, it, let's say a restaurant maybe it took them a long time to get to a certain point, they see it that's something valuable, right? They don't want to lose their kind of, um, you know, their their account when you're doing that, it on their behalf. That's why I would do it in your semi-automated way, which hasn't yep. been blocked mm-hmm. yet, and I would even do it a little bit more manually. Like you see a comment. Yeah. You, you paste it in and then add to it a little, like your own, like, and, yep. and so be a little slower. Uh, yes. uh, uh, and, and cause you know, the technique works. So it's okay. Mm. If you make it even a little better, it'll work better. And, yes. uh, uh, and you know, being a service business could generate, you know, a, a, a decent income as you're working on automating it, which creates, you know, millions mm. in value. So, so I would ultimately say this is a fully manual approach, but for you, it'll be even less semi-automated than it currently is Yep. as you're figuring out the nuances. But I would keep experimenting yes. on, on, mm-hmm. uh, on fake accounts on how to get around the bots. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's a bit of a more ch- challenging part, but it's always uh, nice to or, try or maybe to you can take them. a restaurant. Maybe you can take a restaurant that really hasn't focused on their Instagram account. They only have like mm-hmm. 10 followers, say. Or they don't even yeah, have an Instagram yeah. account. Like, start with one of those. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. And then, and then, I think you should also 
let's experiment with an, an account outside the food industry. But mm. not that you're going to do that instantly because you have to build up the data, but yep. just start thinking about that because this is this will be most useful when you're for many verticals. Yes, to me, uh, kind of that uh, would have been uh, the 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 next thing in line. Yeah. So uh, let's say before talking to you and you bringing up these ideas, uh, my my kind of plan of action would have been uh, get the app 100% working. Okay, the way it is now, publish it. Okay, put it on the store, see how it does, and if it does well, then uh, you know either extend it, either like create a different app that is uh, for let's say fitness, right? But does the same exact thing, or take the app and add. Okay, there's food and there's fitness, and then slowly add uh, you know different um, uh, topics so that the kind of the idea of people using it grows uh, larger and larger. By the way, you could do that as well. And you could then sell the app. There are places you could buy and sell apps. You could mm -hmm. sell each niche by itself. Um, oh yeah, okay. I think the yeah, first thing true. is just getting, let, let's just call it one product for now. Let's mm -hmm. just get, you know, there's various ways to improve it, which is extending the, you know, horizontally, you know, get more verticals, uh, adding more features perhaps like, you know, mm -hmm. I, I keep saying curation, but maybe that's good. Maybe that's not. It's just yeah. an idea. Mm -hmm. um, uh, improving the quality of the comments, like every aspect you could probably improve. So that's, yep. you know, and then, and then seeing what part of the infrastructure might be uh, a reliable app or maybe even an open source thing where you can get other people to contribute to making it, you know, to avoiding the bot finders. Um, but yeah, again, I would just start coming up with ideas but some of these ideas should be execution related. Like how can I get started using this for in a real life context? Because you want to do mm -hmm. that anyway, before you sell it as an app, because you don't want to screw anybody who buys the app. So yep. uh, uh, that's why I'm, I, I challenge you to do it for me in a way that mm -hmm. is authentic as possible, but I'm still using, you know, automated help. So I know when accounts are that I like are posting, maybe I find accounts that I didn't realize were interesting to, to follow. And, uh, I'm able to more, I'm able to edit the comments to have my style as opposed to just using the hundred percent of the recommended comments. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, if you gave me a bunch of, uh, uh, let's say Instagram accounts that were related to what you feel your kind of, uh, niches, then I could try to do some work there and see, uh, what I can get. Okay. Just kind and of scraping of accounts uh, and see what, uh, uh, you know, what sort of database I could come up with. Yeah, let's do that. So uh, uh, Jay and I will put together a list for you. I'm thinking uh, right away of the, the accounts of everybody who's been on my podcast, for instance, might be mm -hmm. sufficient. Um, but um, all right, yeah, and then let's schedule for perhaps a week from, from today would be good. All right, and if you have any questions along the way or you want to show me anything along the way, like uh, yep. feel free to email me and Jay and um, we'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot, Paul. And by the way, this was interesting. We're recording this because I want to release this as a podcast because mm -hmm. I think you're, you exemplify the ideal beginning entrepreneur. People could learn a lot from this and trust me, no one's going to compete with, with what you're doing. Like <laughs> this, they, if they were, if they were going to compete, they mm -hmm. already would have done it because this idea has been in the air, but just nobody does it. Yeah, I mean, that is uh, kind of true. I was almost surprised when I realized that nobody was doing it. 
I mean, I've even thought about this and my son is a programmer. I spoke to him about it. He thought it was interesting, but just nobody, nobody has done this. And, and maybe there's a good reason because it's the, the bot finders and things like that. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, I think this is, I think this is a good idea, particularly if you enhance the text generation and if you could even get more close on the bot finding stuff. And then just in general, if you see what customers want, when you actually, I also like the idea of the free, getting free food every day. Like, I think that's genius. You could think of other verticals to, to do that in. Oh yeah. For that, that worked uh, very well to the extent that I, I'm not using it anymore because you know, you can only get so much free food. But you know what? That's even a separate uh, app is the get free the get free food app. Boom, that by itself. Yeah, I mean the the only downside with that that you can do it. You need some social proof, right? And the social proof is having a relatively big Instagram account because you're gonna get f free food in in exchange for uh, you know publicity, right? They're not gonna give you free food for nothing. Well, it would be interesting to experiment someone with a hundred followers, how much response they get. You got a 30% success rate because you have 11,000 followers, but mm. what if someone had a thousand followers? Maybe they'll get a 25% success rate. And like you say, there's only so much food they can eat. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that was the good thing about, uh, you know, the, the automation part, right? Because I could find that there's maybe more than like a thousand restaurants that just deliver to my place here, right? Yeah. So when you automate everything, then it becomes pretty... Uh, like even if the success rate is low, like who cares? And and again, I would try writing down ten ideas a day about any of these items that we've spoken about, because mm -hmm. that will really grease the wheels, and you'll realize things that you haven't thought of before that might be really easy. The, the key is you want to do things that are really easy, so you could launch quickly. I I agree yep. with you that launching quickly is the key, and like the idea of experimenting is that you could see which things are easy to do you know, so you can even make a list of more experiments you could do to find out more data that you, like, what don't you know yet about this app uh, and, and what it can do or, or, or the ecosystem that it's in. So, and, and what experiments can you do to find out the answers to what you don't know? So, mm -hmm. but anyway, um, this is great. Uh, I'm looking forward to the, the next step on this and let's, let's talk next Tuesday, but, but stay in touch if you want. Okay. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your help. Yeah, no, thank you, Paulo, and uh, I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Okay, bye. Have a good day. Thank you. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.